The job description was taped to the door beneath the rusted metal awning of a building that had been vacant for who knows how long. It was short and simple. Data entry clerk needed. Typewriter familiarity a plus. Additional office responsibilities assigned as required. Must be able to work late hours. No prior experience necessary. $15 per hour. Inquire within. I pulled the door open with some effort. Inside was a bare concrete floor, freshly painted white walls, and a desk with a middle-aged man sitting behind it. A bell rang and he looked up at me, shuffling the papers he'd been sifting through and moving them aside. There were no other chairs in the room, just a door behind the desk, so I stood where I was as the front door closed behind me. He folded his hands on his desk and leaned forward. Can I help you? He asked. I crossed the room and told him I saw the sign on the door and was interested in work. He opened a drawer, withdrawing a clipboard and a single piece of paper. You'll need to fill this out to the best of your knowledge, front and back, he said as he handed it to me with a pen. I took it and retreated to a corner. I filled out the application like I had done so many times before. I flipped the page over and paused. I scanned the sheet and glanced up at the man. He was watching me intently. The question started off asking if I had any known allergies, existing medical conditions, or disabilities. They quickly changed to a different tone, however, and they were taking longer to answer, as I doubted their merit and was half convinced it was a joke. Do you feel trapped in close spaces? When was the last time you cried? Have you ever had a near-death experience? If yes, describe in detail. Describe your last nightmare. How did you feel when you woke? Would you take a stranger's life to save another stranger? Why or why not? As I wrote, the man's studying gaze never left me. After some time, I clicked the pen and gave it all back to him. I felt strangely vulnerable. I stood in awkward silence as he went over the paper and scrutiny. He read slowly and deliberately, as if committing my words to memory. I fidgeted with my hands and looked around at nothing. He laid the clipboard down and looked through me, rather than at me. It was unsettling. When can you start? He asked. I shrugged. Today, I guess, I replied. Good, he said. He stood and extended his hand. He was tall. I shook it and noted how cold and strong his grip was. Almost mechanical. Follow me. We went through the door behind the desk, which led to a narrow hallway. There were three doors, one at the end of the hall and two side by side in the middle. He stopped at the first one and pushed the door open. This is your station. On the old table was a typewriter. and Next to it was a large stack of blank paper and white gloves. On the floor by the folding chair was a large records box filled with yellowed documents and another empty one next to it. The stench of mildew was mixed with a strong scent of pine from the air freshener hanging from the desk lamp. The phone receiver sat in a cradle mounted on the wall. He explained that the gloves needed to be worn at all times due to the delicate nature of the documents and my duty would be to transcribe them accurately onto fresh paper. Mistakes would not be tolerated. 
Next door is the break room. There's a small fridge and microwave, as well as the restroom. Once you are here, the front door will be locked for the night. If you leave anything behind, you won't be able to get it until the next workday when the door is unlocked. There are sandwiches and bottled water stocked every other day, but if you want something else, it will be up to you to bring it in. Hours are 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., Tuesday through Saturday. Your pay will be added to this at the end of each shift. He handed me a card. My name is Clint. Do you have any questions? What about the other door? I asked. That door stays closed and locked, he said shortly. Any attempt to open it or bypass the lock will result in immediate termination and all pay forfeit. Understand? I nodded. I'll be back in the morning to relieve you. With that, he turned and left with long strides. I heard the front door close and lock, and I settled it into the folding chair. I had used a typewriter before, but I wasn't exactly an expert. As I looked it over, I knew immediately that it was unlike anything I had ever used. The keys weren't alphanumeric. There were no punctuation or arithmetic signs. Instead, someone had painstakingly etched unrecognizable characters onto each of the keys. I put the gloves on and carefully picked up the top piece of old paper. The ink was faded, and I could only guess that it was at least a century old. The characters on it were hard to make out, but as I held it up to the light, I could just see them. I sighed, then loaded a fresh sheet into the typewriter and got to work. It was a slow process. Being unfamiliar with the keys or the layout, most of my time was spent huddled over the typewriter, scrutinizing the documents and triple-checking to make sure I was transcribing correctly. I had only finished a handful of pages before I checked my watch and decided I needed to take a break. I wasn't sure what the policy was for something like that, or even what my expected output was to be for that matter, so I didn't want to take too long. The break room was as small as I imagined. The microwave was perched atop a mini-fridge in the corner, with a small trash can next to it. A circular table with a single chair took up the middle, and a walled-off section in the back had an open door leading to a toilet and sink. No cabinets or counters just the essentials. I opened the fridge and grabbed a cellophane-wrapped ham and cheese sandwich and a short bottle of water and sat at the table. I ate in silence, taking note to bring a book for my next shift. After I deemed enough time had passed, I cleaned up and went back to work. The last hour or so had become increasingly difficult to concentrate. The characters were starting to run together in a blur. I was tired. I hadn't planned on staying up all night when I saw the application, but it had happened so fast I couldn't bring myself to refuse. I checked my watch habitually, and when it was approaching two o'clock, I organized my work the best I could and waited for the final minutes to tick by. Exactly on the hour, I heard keys in the front door and footsteps in the hall. Clint entered the room and acknowledged my presence and greeting with a half nod. He checked the box of completed transcripts and gave a look of impatient approval, a mixture of expressions I was new to. Did you have any problems? He asked curly. No, I said, but to be honest, I wasn't sure when to take breaks or how many papers I should be going through in a given time frame. He looked up at me. This is fine. Do what you can for each shift. Some nights will be more productive than others. 
Take breaks when you feel you need to. Burnout can lead to mistakes, and mistakes need to be avoided at all costs. The uneasiness from when I started had never left, and now it was compounded with an overall surrealness. If I weren't so desperate, I would have spoken up more, asked more questions. But I needed the money. Things weren't looking hopeful financially, and there was a lot I stood to lose. He led me out the front door and left after a quick goodbye. He was a strange man who was in a constant hurry. I watched as he drove away in a small tan truck before making my way home. I had plenty of time to ruminate on the night's events. I still didn't know Clint's title, or my title, or even the name of the place I was working for. There was a number to call on the back of the card he gave me for balance inquiries. I called and set up a pen, and the amount was read in a robotic female voice. I was surprised. It was more than I expected. Probably a sign-on bonus that he hadn't mentioned. The more I thought, the more I questioned. The work was trivial, though, and I wasn't going to complain about the pay I was receiving for the small amount of stress and effort. I showed up early for my next shift with a book, a packed dinner, and an energy drink. Clint was sitting at the desk, shuffling through papers. He glanced up when I entered. I said hello as I strolled to the hallway door and he cleared his throat. And now I want for manners, I thought. I put my things in the break room and loitered for a bit before it was time for my shift to start. I had just sat down at the typewriter when he poked his head into the doorway and announced he was leaving, taking off before I could reply. I sighed, irritated, then put on the gloves and got to work. It was an even slower process than the first night, due to the pages being faded almost completely. By the time I decided to take my break, I had only finished two, and I was already feeling mentally exhausted. I stretched my legs and went next door for my leftover pasta and a chapter or two of a novel I'd been meaning to read but never got around to it. The night plodded along, and by the time I left, there were only five pages in the box. Still, no complaints from Clint. The next few weeks followed the same routine. I steadily chipped away at the box of ancient papers and was reaching the halfway mark. Clint was even less talkative as time passed and was content with merely shifting in his seat when I walked to the door as a nonverbal greeting. I didn't mind, as I didn't care to make friends. There was plenty of tedious work to be done, and I had taken up heavy reading again so I wouldn't exactly miss conversation. I dropped my things off in the break room and got to work. I had been using the typewriter for so long that the sigils were almost second nature, and my speed had increased exponentially. I noticed patterns in the pages, certain combinations that would be repeated every few pages or so. I knew that it was a language of some sort, maybe a code, but when I researched different languages at the library, I couldn't find anything that matched it. There were some that shared similar styles, but no exact counterparts. I could only guess that they were made from a combination of several different ancient languages, a new system created from bits and pieces. I had most of them memorized, their shapes, their placement on the keys. Familiarity had bred confidence and with that confidence I had been parsing through the pile at record speed with no mistakes. It felt natural, 
and even though I had never seen the symbols before I started the job, I felt like I was relearning a language. An undeniable flow and rhythm presented itself, giving order to the seemingly randomness of the markings. As I brought out the next page and began working on it, I absentmindedly mumbled to myself, using nicknames and mimetic devices to stay on track, as I often did. Okay, this first, two repeating, back by three, I mumbled. Upper, cross, wave, one left, spiral, dot dot, clay da. I stopped. What was a clay da? I thought. I laughed softly, shook my head, and moved my jaw around. I went back and forth between the paper and the typewriter. Spiral, dot dot, long line, twist, rethu. I straightened up. I closed my eyes hard and opened them again after a few seconds. I took another look at the paper. Long line, twist, and rethu. Obviously. That was rethu. Sacred. I pushed the chair away from the table and stared at the page. Maybe it was time for a break. I stood up and tried to clear my head. I checked my watch and realized I had gone a full five hours without stopping. Oh, no wonder I'm losing it, I thought. I stretched and took my dinner break, opting to not read. I didn't want to exacerbate anything that might have been happening with my speech or comprehension by reading even more. After 30 minutes, I felt notably better and decided I was well enough to get back to work. I sat down at the desk and picked up the sheet of paper. The crease lines from countless folding had left a grid, much like the others, and made it easy to stop and find my place again by assigning coordinates. My finger hovered over the lines as I traced past the groupings. The symbols were hard to focus on unless the light was at the correct angle. I tilted the page slowly until they were the most visible. Two circles, waves, spiral, Fadun Kova, the outcast. My pulse started racing. Either I had lost my mental faculties, or, or I had somehow absorbed enough to subconsciously translate the symbols. But that seemed impossible. I was making sounds I had never made before and they were presented matter-of-factly as I understood them and derived their meaning. It was like I was taking a refresher course for a language that I learned long ago and forgot. That worried and frightened me in equal parts. Hand trembling, I read the next part. Yobe, Dirden, Shthun, Kya, Inko, Mird, Kleda. The phone rang and I jumped, banging my knee on the table. I hurried over and picked it up. Before I could answer, I heard Clint's voice. Do not speak those words! He barked. Where did you learn them? I, uh, I stammered, mouth dry and still shaking. I, I don't know, I, I was just looking at it, at the page, and the words came out. You can read them? How much did you read? He demanded. No, I mean... Well, sort of. I don't know. I sputtered. You need to leave now, he ordered. Am I fired? I didn't mean to- You are in danger, he said, cutting me off. Exit the building. Now. Y you- The line went silent, then beeped the tone for being disconnected. 
I was in full panic mode. I didn't know what I did or what was going on, but I definitely wanted to get out of there. I threw the gloves on the floor as I booked it to the break room to grab my things. Keys, keys, where are my keys? I thought as I frantically spun around the room. I found them in the chair, and as soon as I grabbed them, I heard a loud clunk, then a screeching groan as metal strained against metal. I stood in silence. I quietly walked to the doorway and slowly peeked around the corner. The metal door was open, just a few inches. Inside was dark. I waited. I strained my ears and cursed my watch for ticking so loudly, something that I had never noticed until that moment. I stepped out into the hallway, facing the door. I didn't want to turn my back on it. Slowly, I backed away. I exhaled, and a cloud appeared. Then chilled air flowed over me. I took another step, and another, keeping my eyes on the slender opening. It creaked loudly as it opened half an inch more, and I watched as ice crystals spread out from the opening, cracking softly. Another wave of air came, much colder than the first and took my breath away. I heard keys in the front door behind me swung open. Clint yelled as he charged past me toward the door with incredible speed. He threw his shoulder into it and it slammed shut. An inhuman roar emanated from the other side so loudly I had to cover my ears. The ice crept over his hand and arm, anchoring him to the metal, bonding him. He screamed, barely audible over the roar. I moved to help him, but three men rushed past me. A large man with glasses stopped long enough to point at the front door. Go, he yelled in a booming voice. And that was all it took. I turned and ran, slamming through the door and out into the humid night air. I stayed in my apartment for four days. I changed my outgoing voicemail message to say I would be out of town for a while. That didn't matter, though. No one called. The phones went out the first day. Electricity the second. The screaming the third. It was cold. The coldest it had ever been. The last things I had seen on the news were people fleeing as freak storms hit all over due to an impossible change in air pressure. Tornadoes, hail, lightning... Everything the heavens can muster was called at once. I could only sit in the corner, covered in blankets. Too much of a coward to go out and face my much-deserved fate. Yobe, dear Dan, shthun, gya, inko, mird, kleda. Arise and purge the heretics, O Great One. What have I done? Mm -hmm.